Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. I am Jim Reamer, joined by Dominique Neely, Kyler Staley. Zach Tyler is doing parent-teacher conference meetings. Sure. Hasn't gotten home yet. His, that boy's life's getting in the way, isn't it? I don't know. It These is. Uses are, uh, they change every week. So. Children, kids, <laughs> jobs. Oh, my gosh. Parent-teacher conference has to be... Uh, the the worst. Um, I think next week he's going to say, my doctor said I can't podcast. Yeah, right. Right. Um, all right, quick recruiting update. Then we have some stuff to discuss. Don't we? We do. A lot. I may have more stuff to discuss than what you guys bargained for. So we'll see what happens. Uh, quickly, Hunter Walston last week picked up an offer from Hope. Hunter Walston is a wing from Noblesville. Hope was a Division three school in Michigan. Josiah Gustin from Pendleton Heights, a senior, picked up an offer from Marion. Uh, Kyler Kroll, a senior from Whitco, picked up an offer from Olivet Nazarene. So Olivet Nazarene continues to invade the state of Indiana. Uh, Drew Snively, a, a junior guard from Zionsville, picked up an offer from Illinois State. I want to say it's his second. Is that his second uh, Division One offer? We're going to find out. If we could smell his name right, that'd be great. Um, what the hell? Hold on a second. Who was it, Jim? I was sleeping. Drew Snively. Okay, I think that is his second. S-N-I-V-E-L-Y. There we go. That is his second. Western Carolina and Illinois State. The connection to Illinois State, Andrew Dockage, former Zionsville star basketball player and son of Dan Dockage. Andrew and I talk pretty regularly. And I'm a fan of Drew Snively, so there we go. I don't know that there's any correlation. There's definitely no causation there, but there might be some correlation there. Um, Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Snively, Josiah Dunham. Picked up uh, the senior guard from Evansville Christian. Picked up an offer from Purdue Northwest, a Division II school. In Indiana, those things are rare. Um, it's good to see Division II schools get involved, though. And then Macomb Junior College offer a couple of Fort Wayne Wayne kids who we're going to touch on here in a bit. Javon Lewis and Preston Comer. Lewis is a senior guard. They're probably their returning leading scorer, correct, Dom? Yeah, yep. And then Preston Comer is a 6'5" junior forward both of them picking up an offer from macomb um other than the snively the, the snively offer anything stand out as far as just interesting intriguing i liked uh kyler cruel from whitco i seen him play this summer for focus casey adams team and um really liked his game i only seen him once i just remember he stuck out he was hitting some shots and just Really liked his game, so I was glad to see he got that offer from – was it Olivet Nazarene? Yeah. 
You know, I was glad to see that. Is that his first offer? No. I don't know. Hold on, let me see. Let me get to the magic of databases. That is not his first offer. That is his first athletic scholarship offer. He has offers from Bluffton, Trine, and DePaul. Okay. As as well as all of that. Um I think Gustin and Walston both continue to be under recruited a little bit. Absolutely. I agree with that. Although Gust Josiah Gustin does have Northern Kentucky and Mercer. So I, I guess in that regard, I don't know that he's under recruited. It's just it seems like there would be more guys involved. Um, but I just think he's he's not close to the ceiling yet. Because yeah. I think offensively, he's got a lot more skill to pack into his body. And then from there, the rest of it will be how does he improve laterally? What you know, what what can he guard? He might end up being a very good Division One skilled power forward. But if he can transition into a three, into a wing that can guard out on the perimeter, I you know, I think that changes things some things a little bit. What uh what do you think it is? Um with Hunter Walston, that's kind of holding his recruitment a little bit back as far as playing wise. You know, he's a, he's a glue guy and a connector. And those two things are kind of synonymous with each other. Um, I, I think there is like the things he does well, I think will be matchup things. Um, like he's not going to be a primary ball handler at college at the college level, unless it's, you know, except for situations where it is a an advantageous matchup. And in that situation, he could be a primary ball handler. I mean, he could be a, a team's three or four and, you know, and against good matchups, be a guy that can come down and start the offense. For Noblesville, he handles the ball quite a bit. Um, but at 6'6", with his size, he's a tough matchup every night at the high school level. At college, it's not as much. So the, the question is, is, if his strength is just finding odd, you know, not odd, but if if the strength of his game is is plugging him into matchup advantages, that's where he has to be recruited at at the high school at the college level. Yeah. Um, do I? I think would like to see him shoot the ball better, and I mean from a standpoint of a quicker release, can he shoot off the move? I don't mean off ball screens, but I mean coming off screens and being a catch and shoot guy with his feet not completely set. Uh, there's the whole movement shooter thing that we've touched on and talked about in the past. Um, but, I mean, when he's open, like when he's stationary, he's, he's a good shooter. But that other stuff, I think, just raises that level a little bit. But if I'm in AI schools, I'm I'm getting involved. I mean, it's, what's he got? Let's check him out real quick. I know he's got a handful of stuff. He's he starting yeah, start to rack up some stuff. Well, it's weird. He's got the Air Force offer, but I think that is going to be the prep school route. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure from what yeah. him and I talked about. And then it's three three division three schools: Hanover, Trine, and now Hope. Yeah, I, I think he's way better than Division three. Um, the Wayne kids, I guess, kind of lead us to this point. We last week we did the pod, right, Dom? And we thought that 
we had pretty good intel that Joe Luce was going to be the head coach. Yeah. What's the what's the correction there? Where do we go wrong? Well, I actually was out. I was hearing the same out. thing, by the way. I, I'm not just yeah. saying, I let you take the lead because that's your neck of the woods and you know people. I mean, you know people. Yeah. Most of my stuff coming was from different direction, third hand and right. But but I was hearing the exact same thing. So it was just yeah. not, I don't want to throw it all in on you because that's not fair. But what's what's right. the what's the what's the correction that we have to not really a retraction. I mean, we didn't say for sure it was 100%, but we certainly didn't. We, right. weren't, bash, we weren't bashful about it. Right. Um, yeah, I actually was at Wayne's workout a couple hours ago and spoke with Brewer. And, and um, and yeah, Anthony Brewer is the, the head coach at Wayne. He got the job a couple of days ago. I think it was like everything was loose. Everyone I was talking to said loose got it or was going to get it. And then like the next day, like that last Tuesday, it all switched to Brewers got the job. I don't know what happened. I kind of asked tonight a little bit, but I didn't want to really get too deep into it. And pretty much just said, don't know all the behind the behind the scenes stuff, just that he got the job and he was pretty nervous about it. Cause obviously Joe Luce has a, you know, better resume as far as a head coach, um, more experience and things like that, but was really happy for Brewer and uh, shout out to Greg Patterson and, and coach Brewer for having me in you know a couple hours ago it was a really really good workout for him at Wayne. Judging by social media, the kids are happy. Uh yeah. not that not that they wouldn't have been with Coach Luce, but but you know he's been on staff there. How long has he been on staff? He's been there at least since Byron since Byron's been there or was there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how many years, but he's been there for sure. He's a guy that I've liked as a coach. He's a guy that I've coached against. He's very intense. He's got a very loud voice which something I do not have. Um, he, he can command the room pretty quickly. And, you know, I've known him for about a decade, maybe, maybe a touch longer. Um, but definitely going back to the mid, mid 2000, mid, mid teens. Uh, but I mean, I think he'll, I think he'll do a good job. I don't, I don't think that um, he's obviously has a lot of talent. Uh, he's got a lot of guys coming back. I, I think sometimes the interesting juggling act there is managing expectations. As you, I think you touched on it last year. They went from four wins to how many wins? Yeah, like twenty or yeah. so, twenty plus. So now they're the now they're the target. Now they have the target on their back, right? And uh, they got a they got a great leader leading them, Javon, and then Javon Lewis, and then Chase Barnes and Preston Comer were all there tonight. And at the end, they kind of. Coach Brewer got him, brought him in and breaking him down and asked if anyone wanted to say anything. And they all three stepped up and were basically, you know, calling out freshmen, letting them know how they're, they're doing a good job, keep putting in the work and just really good leadership going on from the top, it seems like. So was happy to see that. Yep. All right. What was it? Friday night, Thursday night. When we found out when Kyle Ned Rip dropped a huge, huge uh, happening at the IHSA office, Heritage Christian. Uh, let's go down here and let's get the exact verbiage. Heritage Christian boys basketball team um, will vacate all wins of 2021. I'm sorry, the 2022 season and the 2023 season. Heritage Christian boys basketball is placed on probation 
for a period not to exceed 365 days. Further incidents may result in a suspension from the IHSAA boys basketball. Heritage Christian is not permitted to host any boys basketball tournaments during its probationary period. Per, the, per Rule 3.9 or 3-9, the contests in which the ineligible student athletes participated shall be forfeited and the opposing schools shall be notified of forfeitures. I don't know what any of that matter what any how any of that part matters um we still know who won those games right um but here's where it starts to hurt heritage christian must forfeit all revenues generated from the association not including but not limited to sectional contests for both the 2022 and 2023 seasons the funds need to be returned to the schools in accordance with the instructions provided below I don't know if the instructions are actually provided below. We'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. Um, per Rule 9-16B, all contracted opponents may withdraw from an existing contest contract if their opponent was in violation of a member school bylaw. Rule number 20, undue influence. So all contracted boys basketball opponents for the 23-24 season, the upcoming year, shall be notified of this rule violation and given the option to withdraw from an existing contract. Please include Assistant Commissioner Brian Lewis on all communications with contracted opponents. Uh, that is not the harshest penalty that I've seen in my time, but it's pretty close. Um, I, I think we know that it stems around um, two players that played AAU basketball with with Miles um, Colvin, coached by Roosevelt Colvin, being basically all of a sudden showing up at Heritage Christian their sophomore or junior year, and then between one of the parents involved, their former athletics director basically lying to their board, the school board, as well as the IHSAA on their involvement and their knowledge of the situation. And the chronology of that is probably irrelevant other than the fact that the IHSAA had investigated and didn't do much in the initial passing. But then as things started to unravel a little bit, more information surfaced and the ITSA came back for a second pass, and then that's what we have here in their most recent meeting. Their most recent meeting was the 5th, which would have been, what, last Thursday. So that would have been either Thursday evening or Friday when we saw the report in the, um, in the paper, or in the, uh, yeah, in the paper online. Um. Any, like anything, the ITSA would benefit from maybe watching basketball outside of their own venues <laughs> because we all knew those two kids were there and why they were there and how they got there and who prompted it. I mean, it wasn't a mystery. Well, the mystery was how they were eligible. That was the mystery. And, you know, I don't know all the details on the links to which – that tap dance was was created. There's there's some talk on 
Roosevelt Colvin's involvement on the coaching staff. Was he really on the coaching staff or not? He was definitely involved in practices. This is coming from someone inside the building while he was involved in practices. Um, I am shocked that he was, that we do not have names associated with some of the, the issues noted by the HSA because we're going to talk about something later where names were mentioned. Coaches' names were mentioned. And that's kind of strange, especially as the seriousness of this issue. Um, the only team I remember ever getting a actual suspension, and this is my brain probably failing, is Burbuff. Back in the early mid nineties, they were not allowed to participate in the state tournament because of undue influence allegedly put upon Justin Farley, who ended up being really good for Brebuff and went to Evansville. I don't remember any other schools not be, uh, being taken out of the state tournament. Do you guys? I, I, I don't know. No, I can't think of, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for this, I mean, what the, all the people involved are pretty much out of there and every, the people that are getting uh, going to be kind of punished or whatever people that didn't really have much to do with it. Is that how, how it's going? Nobody that's involved was involved with it is there anymore. And I've seen some stuff where people are, someone's applauding heritage Christian for doing the right thing and all this stuff. And well, no, they lied about it. And I don't, <laughs> I didn't see maybe, that too. And maybe the people that lied about it are gone, but it, again, you, you could have, I mean, you could have, like, do we rem- like the tech thing last year with the with the uh, past past link, the, yeah, past link rule? There was never any mention about tech lying about anything, right? It just was the IHSA didn't know anything about it until what February? Yeah, that was. I mean, God, took them that long to figure I mean, it out. I guess Coach Turner, if I refresh my memory, Coach Turner was unable to coach in the tournament, right? Yeah, yeah, it was all the way to the to the sectional. Yeah, so, um, but no mention of lies being told or or anybody covering stuff up. I just don't, you know, I don't know that. Now, there was some gray area with a couple of those dudes. Of course, the ones that everybody's focused on, the, they weren't even in school. They weren't even in at, at school in a, the state of Indiana the year before. So there, there could have been some ambiguity there. But I, I think with that situation, it can kind of apply to some other situations where people might be confused on like the kids that were at Tech where, you know, they were able to transfer there as far as like they didn't come from another IHSA school. Most of them, Correct. they came from well, a prep yeah. school. So three of them, you know, three of them came yeah. from a prep school and one of them had no past link with Coach Turner. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's kind of the thing is like people understand that situations thinking that all, all these kids transferred in, but coming from out of, out of the IHSA, they were able to transfer in without eligibility being a question. It was just the past link with the coach. You right. know, that's where, that's where it came in to where they got in trouble. Or they, and that's where, you know, and that's where we're the hitting the, the difference here between the two cases is that there's a difference between past link and undue influence. Past link can still be initiated by, the families like, Hey, we want to go to tech or we want to go to pick a school. You know, we want to go to wherever, 
and you know that's a that's a passive that's a passive rule that's a rule where it can be violated without anything other than ignorance of the rule um not that that's an excuse on the coaching staff's part or the athletics administrative part but undue influence is pretty serious charge it's it's been a it's been a minute since i've since we've heard much about undue influence and in large parts it's hard to prove um but <laughs> this seemed to be easy to prove because yeah and maybe not the undue influence part but there definitely would have been opportunity for a pass link violation especially if you've got somebody operating in practices without being listed you know on their on their bench right that's probably another rule that that was violated and not talked about but that uh that revenue part of yeah, the but, and yep, that's yep. brutal real brutal i mean obviously you would assume that's a lot of money that they're they just have to give right back um that they got so you know that really hurts the athletic and the basketball program yeah the, the interesting thing there is i i tend to think that private schools figure it out a lot more easier more easily than public schools but at the same time it, it still could be a lot of money did they, they host the sectional or i think they did i don't know Either way, they're they're selling tickets to sectionals and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, they're losing mother money either way. It's just if they host it, they probably lose a lot more. So, so where does that money go? Do it do goes know? to the other teams. Yeah, okay. the funds need to be returned to the schools in accordance with the instructions provided below. None of the instructions were below, unless they're way below. A lot of boys soccer teams violating rules. I think we need to make the penalties part of the IHSA board meetings uh, part of our content because some of the stuff is interesting, and just boys basketball. And we'll get to another. We'll get to the, and Fishers was also named, and we'll get to that situation in a minute. But Southmont, <laughs> hold on, let me get down there. Is this basketball or is it or so, what did you say? Sorry. Boy, well, I said there's a lot of boys soccer team that violate rules. Evidently, soccer coaches don't know rules. Mm. Um, but Southmont boys basketball violates rule 15-2.2. Six student athletes on the boys basketball team participated in a single church league game during the school year. During the school year, comma, out of season. So that would be in the spring or the fall. Southmont High School Boys Basketball Program has been issued a warning. This warning is official notice that member school bylaw violation has occurred, is a matter of record, and shall not be repeated. A meeting shall be scheduled with the entire boys basketball program to review IHSA member school bylaw 15. Once this meeting is complete, the date of the meeting, meeting agenda, and attendance shall be sent to the Assistant Commissioner Lewis. Further digressions as they relate to the member school bylaws by student athletes, coaches, or affiliates of the boys' basketball program, and may include further sanctions, including but not limited to further suspensions of coaches and or student athletes or probation for the program. Part of the IHSAA member school's duty is to uphold the member school bylaws of its association 
and furthermore, to self-report any violation to the commissioner. That line right there is missing from the Heritage Christian Report. It makes me wonder that Southmont didn't turn this in. Who did? So what was the issue? They The kids played in a league outside of the season, after the season? Yes, a church league game. So after the season, Jesus. the season's over with. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it reminds me that I'm petty. Yeah, yeah, I'm petty. Oh, my gosh. E to the T-T-Y. That's too much TikTok, by the um, I thought you were going to say in during the season or something. No. I thought it was like in season. It was after the season. Yeah. My, my I, goodness. What are we doing here? So. They, did they it, receive money or? No, it's just a that's single church. Single yeah, they church had a contract game. deal with the church. Like what's going on here? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know that it doesn't matter that it's a league or, you know, like if they were all playing outside in the park, I don't, I, I don't know. Church league. That's probably free. Honestly. Is your, is your fall league sanctioned, Jim? You better check the bylaws. I uh, look, I am a, I am a <laughs> rule 15 master. I have, I read that rule in 1991. I read it every year. I read it multiple First thing I did was make sure I knew, wondered if any rules applied to me. There's a lot of guys that do the stuff that I do that don't, they're not even sure. I have high school coaches that call me and text me wanting to know about rules. Um, I mean, there have been athletics directors who have gotten rules wrong, have misinterpreted them. I think sometimes they do it on purpose because they don't want their kids participating in anything outside of their school. Um, there was an incident re- involving, um, not an incident, but there was a situation involving a school where the, the head coach slash AD questioned me on something in a cordial way. It was a good conversation, and, and he wanted to make sure that we, uh, that we agreed on the interpretation of the rule. He emailed Mr. Gardner, who was the Phil Gardner, who was the boys' basketball director, assistant commissioner in charge of boys basketball. And I emailed Bobby Cox, who was the executive director of the HSA, but also somebody that I've known since I was a kid. So he's always been my go-to guy. Even when he was an assistant commissioner, not part of the, not on boys basketball, he was never involved with boys basketball, but he would always be my go-to guy. And Phil Gardner told this coach AD that what we were doing couldn't, wasn't allowed. And he was wrong. And Bobby Cox replied to my email, copied Phil Gardner and said, yes, my interpretation was correct. So we have the the guy in charge of boys basketball in the IHSA office. This is not current. Brian Lewis is now the guy in charge of boys basketball. So this is, this has been a few, this has been like, I don't know, 2018. So the guy at the time who was in charge of boys basketball, he even didn't even know the rules. Or he just was, I don't know. He either didn't know the rules or he was misrepresenting his 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 knowledge of the rules. Rule 15 is broken down into three sections. In season, in school, out of season, and summer. And the in school, out of season is stuff that guys like me have to worry about at every turn. And 
I got that thing front and back figured out the Q and a all of it. And I review it every year to make sure there's nothing wrong, nothing or nothing has changed, you know, and most of it's AAU related. Some of it is league related because the fall league stuff that, that I run and, and some of the stuff that's going on in different parts of the state as well. Um, all of the rule of three has to do with the previous school season. So we have some situations where kids are playing with kids, that, but they didn't play on the same team last year. Um, the only change that's happened in the last few years has been they now count freshmen, enrolled freshmen who intend to play school basketball as part of the three. So whereas they would have been in middle school the year before and not part of the program in that they are enrolled freshmen that, that now changes, they, they made that change a few years ago. Other than that, that thing has been pretty much again, the in school out of season rules have been pretty much the same for 25 years. Of course, the big change was summer. Um, and now I guess the most recent change is impact school coaches way more than non-school coaches is the, um, restricted access stuff that they now have with their quote open gym periods and, and all that. But six kids playing in a church league game, I, I guess I'd want to know what the, I guess because they're keeping score and it's organized. It, it account there is a definition of what a game means of what an actual game means and it does involve some non-semantical aspects that involve organization and involves um you know adults probably slash coaches i don't know they they try to name every distinction possible trainer affiliate whatever and it in this case, it's probably just a bunch of dudes at church playing is that, basketball. Did you say something about there only can be a certain amount of kids from one team on a on a team? It's three, yeah. The rule three. is three, but it's based so is that on the, the previous year. So is that the issue then? Is there all six playing on the same team? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can play against each other. So that's I think that's the question you were asking, or maybe implying. So like three kids could be on one team, three kids can be on the other, and they can play against right. each other. But in this situation, they're all six on the same team. I'm, I'm assuming. assuming. I'm assuming yeah. so. Okay. I'm assuming so. That would have to be because there's wording in their their bylaws that talk about the Q and A. The Q. You got to read the Q and A part too. So if you if you're anybody is interested in being an AAU coach or some, I mean, or you know, running an event, I would read bylaw 15 front and back, top to bottom, including the Q and A, because the Q and A provides some scenarios. And I can get way more complicated and deep in the weeds with some of the scenarios that they put in the Q and A. But I mean, many years ago, we had five Tipton kids on a fall league team. One of them was a freshman before they changed the rule, and the other one was a transfer. And we we put asterisks by names, so that way we let let people know there's something different about his this kid being there. Um, 
So, uh, like, but like I said, I read it every year to make sure there's no change. Because some of these changes wouldn't be new, necessarily newsworthy. You know, I don't know if they made a minor change. Like, you know, Kyle Nedrip's going to report on the restricted, con- you know, the restricted activities change. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to do a paper on, or he's going to do a report on, um, he's going to do a report on summer opening up like it did many years ago. I don't know if he was at the star when that change was made or not, but, but he's not going to report. Oh yeah. All of a sudden enrolled freshmen. He might actually, because he's, he's on top of it and he does any little, little thing that involves boys basketball. But anyway, I I just thought it was interesting because it was so innocent and you know, that's, I don't know. I, I'd like to know the, the parameters under which when it stops being a game, like if they just play pickup and it's say four and four, that's, that's more than three. But is it, does it matter? Cause it's not, cause it's in the park. I don't know. I mean, that'd be, that would be, one, that would be one of those gray areas that would lead me to send an email. Petty. Huh? Said petty. A little bit. All right, Fishers. Let's get up there and read this. Fishers Boys Basketball, violation of Rule 20-1, recruiting a prospect student athlete prior to the student's enrollment at Fishers High School. The Fishers Boys Basketball Program is placed on probation through the summer of 2024. This probation is a severe type of warning. I'm reading this verbatim, by the way. It is official notice that unacceptable and serious violations have occurred, are a matter of record, and future incidents by the head coach, assistant coaches, or any individual involved in the Fishers program may result in them being suspended from future IHSA basketball tournaments. This is where things get a little different. Head coaches, Garrett, head coach Garrett Weininger and former assistant coach Derek Williams are placed on probation through the summer of 2024. Are they noted because they're still employed? That's the question. Because no names were noted in the Heritage Christian deal. Right. I think you're right on that one. Probably because they're still employed, yeah. So would Warren Wallace then not be? Because he was implicated, but not named. Nobody was named in the Heritage The Heritage Christian situation, way more serious than this one. And names were given. Not, or, I'm sorry, names were not given. Anyway, head coach Garrett Weiniger and former assistant coach Derek Williams, who, by the way, is now the head coach at Ritter, are placed on probation through the summer of 2024. In accordance with Rule 9-16, all contracted opponents may withdraw, blah, blah, blah. We already went over that with with um, Heritage Christian. So teams that play them can drop them. <laughs> It'd be funny. I'd like to know who drops them if that happens. Um, <laughs> for all right, so here are the details. One of their assistant coaches, who has since been named in this IHSA matter, texted the players. Um, 
we have a new player in the program. Um, would like to you know have everybody come to the school, have a meeting, meet meet the player, et cetera, so forth. This was heading into the summer of two years ago, right? Yeah. It would have been, yeah. Yep. Twenty so twenty twenty one. The player in question is Jalen Harrison. I've confirmed that. Um the issue with the text is that it was two days before he was enrolled. They had already come to school. They had already met with the administration. They have already told the school that they are coming. Mother had moved to Fishers. Her job was in Washington Township, which for those that don't know is basically North Central area. So that would include Castleton, Nora, places like that. Uh, maybe even Broad Ripple. I don't know. I don't know where she works. She got a job down here and then she, she put, she took a, she got an apartment in Fishers. Um, Jalen and Jordan, the younger brother moved with, of course, the younger brother's young enough. He's not involved, but anyway, Jalen and his brother moved to Fishers, live with mom. So the issue is the text took place two days before the enrollment of the player. Seems pretty innocent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seems that way. Okay. Disgruntled parent. So, you know, you hear the phrase, follow the money. Yep. Follow the disgruntled parent. Disgruntled parent who had moved in the year before with high praise of his son. It did not turn out to be as accurate as dad had noted. Um, had some complaints, not only about how his son was used, but also about why everything's wrapped around freshmen. Has since the the the, the older son has graduated but now the younger son is at a different school and it's been confirmed that he was sending screenshots of this text to the kids one of whom was his older son to other parents in the community including the the place where he's now where his younger son now goes. And it is believed that then that text was also sent to the IHSAA, and that's how this became an issue. Um, and this so, text happened two years ago? Yes. No clue if the head coach knew about the text. No clue if the assistant coach knew that this this the the evaluative difference of you have to wait to enroll before you can even talk about a kid <laughs> but it is believed that this former affiliation has turned in this screenshotted text because he sent it to other people 
who have then echoed it back to my source in Fishers. Seems pretty silly. It gets sillier. <laughs> no way. This is why I didn't tell you about this stuff anyway, because I wanted to do it, surprise you all during the, the podcast. An, unassigned, an unaddressed letter from an anonymous writer put a letter in Coach Weiniger's home mailbox. Didn't send it, no stamp, no postage. Drove it to the house where his wife and kids also live and put it in his mailbox. That, that's some borderline stalker bull, bull crap right there. That's that's very creepish. Yeah, very creepy. Um, don't know the contents of the letter. I assume it wasn't anything super serious. Like in terms of I'm going to get you or there had to be a little bit of threats in there. <laughs> well, I, I think if it is, the person would probably be visited by police. I, I think there's some there's some sketchy there would be some sketchy gray area on on I think the I think the letter had way more to do with about basketball than had anything to do with anything else. Okay, let's just put it that way. I think if he starts talking about weird stuff, then you get you get police involved. No police has been involved in this. No no laws have been broken. Um unless there's a law a federal law putting an unaddressed unposted letter in a mailbox <laughs> that'd be funny you get invested by the postmaster general <laughs> that'd look good on your resume um there have been several allegations levied at the fisher's program at coach weiniger that have also been sent to the ITSA that has caused interviews to be had, discussions to be had, none of which bore any sense of evidence, none of which came across as even remotely credible. But now here we are two years later and this, this screenshot of this text message is what the, is that is what is at the crux of this situation. With fishers now, obviously, none of this has just taken place overnight. This is stuff that's probably was found out last year, and you know, discussions and testimonies and all that stuff. And you know, you don't wake up one day unless it's something simple like playing in a church league. You don't wake up one day and all of a sudden you're just on suspension. This is stuff that takes time. Um. It's just bizarre stuff, and it's. I have I have long contended that parents today aren't any different than parents used to be. We just have more access to crazy based on social media. This is just crazy. So it, it basically stems when you really kind of just put everything together. It basically stems from a parent being upset because his or her kid did not get as much hype as said freshman coming in. Or definitely didn't, the recruiting didn't go as he said it was. This was a, this was a kid that moved in from out of state. 
there have been implications that Fisher's recruited Garner, Keenan Garner. Keep in mind, his dad works for the U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was funny when I when it, when when I was when I was told that they recruited him out of Germany. Evidently, <laughs> evidently, someone on the Fisher staff has International pulled the scout. U- United States government, United States military, <laughs> to get Keenan Garner's dad transferred to where Harrison or Harrison is he in finance I don't know if he's in finance then yeah maybe Harrison still I think Harrison still runs payroll for the army or for the for the different I don't know if it's just the army or if it's different different armed services but that's a funny his dad's a his dad's a big dude I talked to him at the running slam and he he uh he's a big dog I was always afraid as a kid that Indianapolis would be on the first strike nuclear list from the Russians or the Soviets at the time because the idea was you kill their money and the the military will quit, the army will quit fighting. (laughs) I blame my dad for that, by the way. Uh, He was always trying to scare me with crap like that, but like, oh, great, we're going to have to move. This was the eighties when like nuclear war was just around the corner every day. Uh I mean just obviously we've all seen stuff on Metzger, Tade Metzger and how do you end up at Fisher's and blah blah blah. His dad took a teaching job at Fisher's High School. Yeah, he was enrolled at Fisher's before that one school before year the, ended. Before the school, yeah. His dad took a teaching role. Um You know, and has since he still works at the school. It just bizarre stuff. And of course, then they have the one actual piece of evidence that, yeah, I don't know. Just that seems like a nothing burger to me. <laughs> well, the, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You, you got to draw a line somewhere, and the line is just a line. Okay. But when you piece it all together and you realize that we know where the text message came from. I'm sorry. We know where the screenshot of the text message came from. Because he gave it to the wrong person and the wrong person, that person reported back saying, hey, man, I just got a screenshot of this text. What's the deal? You know. And it is pretty innocent as far as the actual text itself, because, again, by all accounts, Harrelson was all but enrolled. But all but enrolled matters. You know, and I get that part. You got to have rule is the rule, and that's fine. But the other stuff that's connected to it, the other stuff that's connected to it is just kind of bizarre. Because I think it's still kind of ongoing. You know, there's some serious vendetta, like bullcrap, going on. Just get over it. You know, and the and the magic sauces is, is well, we we'll just avoid 
that family all together. I mean, what, geez, just let it go. But anyway, I, I thought that I do like talking about these. I think now we need to just continually talk about all these different things that pop up in the IHSA rules or in the IHSA penalties part. Cause I do think it is good, good discussion. Um, it's not all as clear cut as it is as the heritage Christian thing was, and it's not all as bizarre as Fisher's, but I think obviously the Southmont thing was, it just seems minor in detail, but again, it's still a rule, I guess I, I'd like, to, again, I'd like to know, I, and I know the part I'm, I know there's a part there that talks about definition of what a game is and, and you know, how that takes place. And that is definitely impactful on how the rule, how the rules are interpreted. Um, but it's not a set of rules that I ever worry about because I just know when I do things, they're just games. So I don't, I just, I don't have to worry about the gray area. I just got to worry about bylaw 15. But I don't know. I, when I saw Derek, when I saw coach Williams's name in there, I was like, Oh God, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I assumed it was going to be like, maybe a pass link thing or something because he's just coached a lot of kids in the summer, especially leading up to his time. Cause he's no longer on staff at Fishers. He's the head coach at Ritter. So I assumed that this was going to involve actually maybe a pass link thing. Yeah. Um, he's helped that a lot. I, I remember over the past few years, he's helped that a lot on the prep hoop side of things when it comes to our events and stuff. And, you know, there, there's the, uh, yeah, all the training stuff. That goes on. There's a lot of pass link potential crap there. So, nevertheless, real quick, uh, Luke Ertle, Luke Ertle, Luke, right? Yeah. Broke his foot. Oh. Playing football. He seems He's a quarterback, to be out. right? Yep. He seems to be out until. Late January. Oh, yeah, that that's, that's that's the word on the street. Um, I still think Mount Vernon's going to be good. They got a lot of pieces, and Julian Smith looked really good in the fall league yesterday. Probably could have mentioned him, Kyler, when we pre-recorded our fall yeah, I, league. I, I didn't get episode. a chance to watch him. He carried him. He carried that team against George Hill's group. He was impressive. Yeah. Should have mentioned that. Is he in our division? Is that team? They are in Pool G. And we're in Pool F? F, correct. So, but yes, but not the same pool. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Although we got a couple teams in Pool D and E that I probably screwed up on, so Tyler with the big W yesterday. Yeah, we've already talked about it. Okay, my bad. Spoiler alert: we've already talked about it. It's just later. We talk about it later in the pod. Sorry, Jim. My bad. Don't want to bring up bad (laughs) memories. I got fired yesterday. I got fired yesterday for my win. (laughs) Right. And as much as you can blame uh, an OT loss on a coach. Uh, the play I drew up got us the game tying basket to send it to overtime. Oh, 
heartbreaker. I could have, I like I was saying, you'll you'll hear this later on in the pod, but when he hit that shot, I was like, there's no way I went in overtime. No way. <laughs> Credit to the kids, though. Trey Shelsky and, and Jetta Manette are both viable offensive weapons. And when you put them in the same zip code, you got to figure out which one you're going to guard. And we, we played that like a fiddle in that final play. We did it a few times. They both were hitting big shots. And in this case, told Trey to just keep it. And Jetta cut off of him. And I'm just taking my victory lap on that one. But <laughs> And Trey took his one dribble to get separated and buried the three with I don't know how much time was on the clock. Was it like? I mean, it was right at the. Uh, uh, so I called the timeout with 0.8 seconds left. So there was two seconds, but they did not hear my timeout call. So I only had 0.8 to get it off. Oh, I, that's right. We, the last. Okay. We claim an immoral victory on this gym. No, we're not. We're just claiming oh. brilliant play design at the end of a, at, at the oh. end of a clock. It was it was so brilliant. <laughs> It's kind of the extension of the uh, Bronson Kessinger pinch play. You have to tell me about that one. It's on YouTube, brother. Okay, I'll I'll check that out. Look up Bronson Kessinger dunk, and just remember the guy coming off the handoff, coming for the handoff that Bronson fakes, is is, is, you know was in the NBA. Eventually, eventually went into the NBA. So, who are you going to guard? The ugly redheaded kid. Or the kid that's going to end up playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. You're going to guard the kid going to Memphis, not the ugly redheaded kid. <laughs> if you, if you ask Bronson, he'd be like, "He only should have guarded me." Well, then Bron, but then Bronson went and caught a body on Fink, the kid that <laughs> ended up going to Illinois, who was a year older. So, anyway, that out. That's all I got. I think we are going to talk about these rules and fractions from now on. <laughs> this is good. I, I don't think it's going to all be as juicy, but but uh, even I think our Southmont discussion was pretty good. But anyway, Dominique, what you got coming up? You going anywhere? Yeah, I'm going to the Bears game Sunday. No, so nothing. Okay, nothing exciting. Got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, nothing exciting. Yeah, nothing exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. Are the Cubs going to win? Are the Cubs going to win that game? <laughs> Vikings, Bears. Vikings, Sunday. Bears. Big, huge game. Two uh, divisional game. Yeah, divisional game. One and four. Big time. It's supposed to rain too. Nice. Rainy, yeah. old Chicago. They could that. close the. They could close the roof, but they don't have one. That's right. All right, boys. Well, we've we're gonna move on to talk about the fall league. Kyler, will tell us what you're doing with Who's Your Illustrated later. Yep. <laughs> In the the pre-recorded segment that's coming up next. Dominic, good talking to you again. We'll, we'll, um, I think it's going to be, unless something shakes, it's probably going to be two weeks. We'll do sophomore, or I'm sorry, junior kids that we think will have a breakout year. That sounds good. Um, 2025 kids who will do a breakout year. Patrick Woolley wants to come in on that. So he'll have a lot of Southeast Indiana love going on, which is fine. We probably don't talk about that part of the state enough. Um, I don't know where that part of the state's at or who's down there, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get John Loudon on again. Uh, I'm trying to get that worked out. 
He's trying to get him to coach fall league team. Probably be the best one out. Well, it'd be another set of eyes too to talk about it. But our our fall league discussion, I think, was pretty good. Yeah, it'll be even better when it slows down enough for me to watch games. So, spoiler alert: Kyler just talks about his team, <laughs> and then I just talk about the kids I played against, which one of whom was Tyler's team. So, or Kyler's <laughs> team. So, I didn't have nearly as much input as as I would, but that's fine. All right, guys. Dom, we'll see you later. Thanks, man. See you. Make sure you check out part two of this week's episodes.